1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 1, Furthermore, then we beseech you, brethren, uh, and exhort you by the Lord Jesus, that as ye have received of us how ye ought to walk and to please God, so ye would abound more and more. For ye know what commandments we gave uh, you by the Lord Jesus. For this is the will of God, even your sanctification, that ye should abstain from fornication, that every one of you should know how to possess his vessel in sanctification and honor, not in the lust of concupiscence, even as the Gentiles, which know not God, that no man go beyond and defraud his brother in any matter, because that the Lord is the avenger of all such, as we also have forewarned you and testified. For God hath not called us uh, uh, unto uncleanness, but unto holiness. He therefore that despiseth, despiseth not man, but God, who hath also given unto us his Holy Spirit. But as touching brotherly love, ye need not that I write unto you, for ye yourselves are taught of God to love one another. And indeed, ye do it toward all the brethren which are in all Macedonia, but we beseech you, brethren, that ye increase more and more, and that ye study to be quiet and to do your own business and to work with your own hands, as we have commanded you, that ye may walk honestly toward them that are without, and that ye may have lack of nothing. Lord, we pray that you will help us tonight as we consider, again, uh, our stance, if you will, our uh, fellowship. Uh, before you and with you, as we all, I think, would be uh, certainly uh, joyous to be able to be in your presence, and as we see various events falling out even in these last five or six days that all uh, remind us uh, of your prophecies uh, to us written in your word concerning uh, the, uh, the last days. And, uh, Lord, we pray that we might be excited for the thought uh, of finally uh, having our faith to be made sight. That being said, may we yet be challenged tonight until that time that we are with you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. We've been talking about this idea of being rapture ready from 1 Thessalonians chapter number 4, and we've been looking at the various commandments that were given there, um, how to be rapture ready, if you will. Uh, and there's a lot that's included there. Uh, I can't remember exactly, maybe two or three Wednesdays that we looked at the various commandments of the scripture. Uh, and so uh, words, uh, I think we would agree that words are e more easily read than applied. And so when we start to apply the scriptures, that's when we find ourselves uh, really having to dig deep and lock in and uh, we, we meet ourselves face to face. Like James says, we see ourselves in that mirror of the Word of God and we're challenged to let it work in us and to change us. And so we find this multitude of commandments there in 1 Thessalonians with regard to uh, the way we live uh, inwardly, the way we live outwardly, uh, the way we live among one another. Uh, we find why, though, why, why be rapture ready over in 2 Corinthians in chapter 5, and that's what I would like you to turn to now, 2 Corinthians chapter number 5, and beginning in verse number 8, we find the why. Why do I need to work so hard to get my heart and mind and life in order? 
Well, because the Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 8, we are confident, I say, and willing, rather, to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Are we? Um, I think when we, I think a lot of times when we think about the joys of heaven, I would conclude that we are most joyous as we consider the after judgment part of heaven. Uh, we kind of look past that a little bit. Uh, we look at that time when there'll be no more tears and no more pain and no more sorrow and we'll be in the light of the Lord for, uh, for the, re- there is no remainder of eternity, for eternity. Uh, and, uh, but we forget, the, we forget the fact that we've got to go through an accounting first. And he says, uh, uh, obviously it's clear that the only way that we will be willing to be absent from the body and present with the Lord uh, is if we have indeed made ourselves ready for that day of accounting. And so he says in verse 9, wherefore we labor. That's why we do what we do. Because we've got to stand before God one day. Wherefore we labor that whether present or absent, we may be accepted of him. Now, We are accepted with God by faith in Jesus Christ as far as salvation is concerned. But what we're talking about is that our life, our works, that which which comes as a result of what the Bible says, uh, comes as a result of what's in our heart and mind, needs to be acceptable to the Lord. Romans 12, 1 and 2, I beseech you therefore, brethren, uh, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God. And so we want to live our life in such a way that he, it pleases him. Uh, and uh, so that's why we labor, that whether present or absent, we may be accepted of him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. Knowing, therefore, the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. Uh, and uh, you and I, uh, somebody, matter of fact, after Sunday service, they asked about this idea of the fear of the Lord, and we were talking about the word superstition. Uh, superstition is basically a religious tendency, but it is one that is driven mainly by fear, uh, uh, that is dread over reverence and this is why uh, we see uh, the superstitions of various uh, heathen religions around the world are driven by fear this is why when you read about uh, the the uh, ancient uh, civilizations and uh, in order to appease the gods they would take young virgins and throw them into a volcano or something to try to appease the gods why because they were afraid they were afraid uh, and uh, uh, here we're not talking this terror, this fear, this reverence is not uh, talking about uh, people being afraid so that they'll be saved. It's an awareness that you and I have a responsibility before a holy God to account for our life. And because of that, he says, we persuade men. In other words, that's why I said... Part of that persuasion we just quoted from Romans 12 and verse 1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, you present your bodies. There's a reckoning day coming. And you need to give your life to God and serve God with your life and follow God's commandments in life because that reckoning day is coming. Don't waste your life by living for yourself. 
live for God. Live for God because this reckoning day is coming. So we, uh, he said, we persuade men, but we are made manifest unto God, and I trust also are made manifest unto your consciences. And so uh, he's talking here about their reputation, uh, Paul's reputation, his company's reputation when they uh, worked and labored uh, in among the Corinthians uh, and then knowing that uh, everything is naked and open unto God anyway as far as God's concerned Paul said look we were open when we were among you as well we have nothing to hide uh, we did our best to be our best if you will uh, and so uh, he reminds us here that the reason we need to be rapture ready is because we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ and all of these things that we see going on in our world are just um, aspects of travail, if you will, uh, to bring us to that day. You know, God has always warned people about future judgment. He hasn't been shy about that. He's uh, said uh, from the beginning that, and, and made clear from the beginning that man is accountable to him, mankind, I say. And so it's coming and uh, it should cause a, uh, a, a holy dread in our heart and life uh, to, to be sure that we've got everything as it should be between us and God. Now, you and I believe in an imminent rapture. Hope you do. Uh, I've often said people, if you, to, <laughs> somewhat jestingly, if you don't believe in the you know, pre-tribulational rapture, you stay, I'm going, you know. But uh, we believe in a, uh, in a rapture that is imminent. I mean, any moment. That means before we get done tonight. That means before we wake up in the morning. Uh, Any time. You know, we do get like that servant sometimes that the Lord warned about where we feel like the Lord's delayed is coming. And so we get a little sloppy. We get a little lazy. We get a little bit... Uh, not uh, uh, less attentive to our attitudes and our actions, we forget that the trumpet could sound. And up we go in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. Uh, and uh, that word moment translates uh, a word from which we get the, uh, the, the, it has the idea of the smallest measurement of time. It's the same word from which we get the word Adam. Uh, not A-D-A-M, A-T-O-M. Uh, reckon, uh, but uh, anyway, uh, the smallest amount of time we're going to be changed, we're going to be conformed uh, into the image of Christ, and uh, then we're going to stand before him. Nothing can be changed after that, you understand. We're not going to be able to go back and correct things we got lazy about. We're not going to be able to undo what we did or do what we left undone. We're going to be right there, and we'll be changed, thank God, uh, in a moment and twink of an eye, this corruptible to put on incorruption. If it weren't so, I think there'd still be some try to lie at the Bema seat. But because we'll be made perfect, we'll not be able to do that. Not only that, but God's perfect knowledge uh, uh, will be there. And we, well, I'll say more about this to some degree on this coming Sunday, but... Uh, there won't be any slipping out from underneath the truth there. And we're going to give an account of it, all of it. I'm glad we have, of course, for that reason, I'm glad uh, that we have uh, forgiveness in Jesus Christ. 
Uh, some men's sins go before and some after. I want to get mine taken, of, taken care of before. Amen. Ah, I don't want anything following after. I try to keep my heart and mind clear before God. Matter of fact, it's almost as if if we know ourselves as we should, we should walk around in a state of continual confession. Lord, why in the world ain't you, you chastised me or disciplined me or judged me already? God, have mercy on me uh, and help me to walk in the power of the Spirit and, of course, not in the flesh. God's warned us all throughout uh, the Bible that his judgment is coming. And it should, rightly should, strike this terror of verse 11 into our heart and mind. Uh, I remember uh, uh, witnessing to, uh, of course, uh, some of the people that we worked with there uh, in the plant in Tennessee. And uh, there was one young uh, single uh, man uh, that um, his life was a wreck. It wasn't just one of them, there were several of them. His life was a wreck, and, uh, and uh, you know, he was uh, living with his girlfriend, had for some time. I talked to him about getting married. He said, I don't need to get married. He said, my mom and daddy never got married, and, uh, you know, all that kind of thing. So, you know, why do I need to worry about it? And these different conversations uh, would, would give the opportunity to talk about the Bible. Uh, and uh, I always uh, tried to do it in such a way where they asked the questions, and uh, I gave the answers. If you give a little salt, you know, you can lead them to water maybe. And so they would ask the question. That keeps you out of trouble sometimes, especially nowadays. Uh, I did the same thing in the military. Just get them asked questions. And so he would ask questions, and I would answer them. We got to talk about the Bible in church one day. And I said, you know, you ought to, you ought to come with us and go down to, go down to, the, go down to church with us sometime. And, and uh, his name was Tyler, and he said, no, no. He said, no, I, I don't need to go to church. I don't need to hear what any man thinks. And uh, he said that, you know, the Bible is just a book written by imperfect people. And uh, I said, boy, ain't that right. But the Bible says holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. God intervened. No man apart from Jesus Christ himself could have written the Bible. Per God had to do it through man. That's why our Bible is inspired by the Holy Spirit and not written by the minds of men. Amen. I mean, you see just in the last six days what goes on when the minds of men are in, in operation. And so uh, thank the Lord for that. So began to talk about, talk to him about the Bible. And, uh, and he said, that book's full of contradictions, you know, the same old things all the time. So you say, well, now, which ones are you talking about? Most of the time there'll be a, uh, well, you know, I heard. Yeah, but did you see it? <laughs> did you read it? Can you tell me where it is? Most time the answer is no. All they're looking for is an excuse against God. That's scary when you think about it. They take some preconceived notion from something somebody else said and never research it for themselves and end up a, a, a rejecting the Bible uh, right into hell. Or, you know, they, they say, I don't need to hear. Isn't this funny? I don't need to hear the opinions of some man, but they, leave, they believe the opinions of them. When, they, when people say the Bible's full of contradictions, they believe that. I'll tell you one thing, they just don't want to come before God. That's what the real problem is. And so I said, you know, there are a lot of parts of the Bible that are hard to be understood. That's the Bible's own testimony about itself in places, especially uh, with the writings of Paul. There's a lot of parts of the Bible that are hard to understand, but one thing is clear, 
And that is one day judgment's coming. Uh, and uh, here Tyler's face changed and he said, now hold on now, I didn't say I didn't believe there was a God, you know. And so the idea of future judgment properly understood should cause us to kind of wake up a little bit, should produce this terror that one day we're going to stand before God and answer. Uh, our world doesn't care much about it. Look over at Psalm 10 with me. Psalm 10, and we see a description here, as in other places in the Bible, of the state of our world. Psalm 10, uh, and uh, beginning in uh, verse 1, Why standest thou afar off, O Lord? Why hidest thou thyself in times of trouble? The wicked in his pride doth persecute the poor. Now, you'll hear a lot of uh, different uh, uh, words and phrases used as it relates to the description of our own country here, and uh, you get people talking about upper class and middle class and lower class, and they forget that America wasn't based on a class system. But I'll tell you one thing, for all the apparent economic or social uh, uh, injustices in America... They are far worse in other countries. The Bible, the Bible says, uh, even it uh, talks about that even in James, that the, uh, the rich persecute the poor. They take what the poor have. Ahab and Jezebel are a picture of that. They took Naboth's field by corruption. Uh, and so he says here, the wicked in his pride doth persecute the poor. Let them be taken in the devices that they have imagined. And generally, that's what happens, isn't it? You know, the Bible says, uh, uh, the, the idea is this. Uh, if you live by the sword, you'll die by the sword. You do unto others. Uh, and, uh, uh, you know, when everybody's in a scrap looking to be on the top, then there's somebody else underneath trying to take the top one out all the time. <laughs> I watched... Uh, a nature uh, documentary on, on uh, uh, micro-environments. And somebody took a camera out in the backyard and just stuck it in the grass. And you wouldn't believe the murder and violence and bloodshed that goes on in, underneath the grass in your yard. <laughs> That's right. There's all kinds. I mean, uh, <laughs> nature is eat or be eaten. You know, that's right. <laughs> but the fact of the matter is, humans ain't any better. Yeah. It's all the same thing. And, uh, and so he, he says, let them be taken in the devices that they have imagined. For the wicked boasteth of his heart's desire. I mean, that's all we hear. That's how the world lives. They, they you know, get all you, get all you can and then get more. And it's all about what they want to do. And he says, look here, and blesseth the covetous whom the Lord abhorreth. You see how directly opposed to God's thinking the world's is? And you and I are supposed to be thinking after God's mind, not the world's. Because God abhors 
That mind. Now think about this. I'm talking to you about the state of the world and how it is in the day in which you and I live uh, and the fact of the matter that uh, it seems clear moment by moment uh, any time you and I could stand before God. And man doesn't think about this judgment. Verse 4 says, The wicked through the pride of his countenance will not seek after God. Now implied here is that God exists. Implied here is that they know he exists. And that we know that's true because God has placed a knowledge of himself within us, within every man. There is an awareness of the uh, of the uh, uh, existence of God and the future accountability. And that's why I said even in these uh, places where the, the darkest type of heathen religion is operated from voodoo on, it's because there is a knowledge of God's, a God or God's, that must be appeased. There's this awareness there. But because of the pride of his countenance, he will not seek after God. By the way, this is one of the reasons why God says in the end time, they are without excuse. Because when they knew God, they glorified him not as God. And so uh, he will not seek after God. Look, God is not in all his thoughts until Hamas invades Israel. And then everybody wants to start talking about God, and everybody wants to have prayers, and, uh, you know, all of a sudden, everybody's quite religious. Until it all settles back down, then they'll be wondering what kind of fight's next on Capitol Hill. Really. God is not in all his thoughts. His ways are always grievous. Uh... I mean, I think about this as it relates to some of the folks that we know uh, in our neighborhood and have talked to and uh, asked about church, and uh, some of them are very kind people. Some of them are maybe even thoughtful, but they don't know God. Now think about that. Their ways are always grievous. Why? Because they don't think about God. No matter how they may be morally, at least uh, as far as man's judgment's concerned, God is not in all their thoughts. Uh, and so uh, it's, that's why they act the way they do. Look, thy judgments are far above out of his sight. That means they can't understand it. They can't grasp it. That's the same idea uh, of the Bible when it says the natural man doesn't understand the things of the Spirit of God for their foolishness to him. And God's judgments are way out of their sight. By the way, that's why they make such quick and shallow judgments about God and his word, because they don't understand. They, they have this idea that if they disbelieve, God's not there. It's the same idea uh, like with a little, have you ever seen a shy little child? And so what they do is a shy child sometimes will cover their face because if they can't see you, you're not there. That's the same thing the world's doing with God. And he goes on to talk about it here. His ways are always grievous. As for all his enemies, he puffeth at them. Isn't that what's going on just right now? So full of self and pride and all this other kind of thing. And uh, you know the fact of the matter is 
that there's always somebody wiser, there's always somebody, at least in this world, there's always somebody stronger. I, I mean, you're just one step from being bested by somebody else. But man forgets all that. We're all about being braggadocious. And uh, so, as for his enemies, he puffeth at them. He hath said in his heart, verse 6, I shall not be moved, for I shall never be in adversity. That's how confident he is in his own mind, in his own strength, uh, uh, in his own attainments. I shall never come in or never be in adversity. I wonder how many people thought this uh, until a, uh, an invisible microbe uh, took our globe by storm and brought the entire world to its knees. Now, of course, some of that was the way we responded to it, but, but nonetheless, you understand that we get to thinking everything's good, man. I'm good to go. And then some little bug doesn't just lay you low. It lays the entire economy low. Wow. And then we begin, we should be thinking, man, I, hey, uh, I, I, I'm not as uh, good to go as I thought I was. Uh, I'm just one breath from a real problem. And so verse 7, it says, As a result of this pride, his mouth is full of cursing and deceit and fraud. Under his tongue is mischief and vanity. <laughs> I'm telling you the other night, uh, some feller came to our door and said he was uh, some type of subcontractor with Dominion or some something another, and, and he wanted to do a, a power study on our home, and, uh, and he's talking about this uh, whatever, and I'm like, uh, something didn't sound right to me. Uh, and so I said, now, he gave me his little card, and I uh, always read the fine print, fine print, right? So I'm like, who are you with? Well, he knew I was on to it. And so he finally told me he was with a solar panel company. But here's why he wanted to do a power study for Dominion Energy. So he could tell me that I could save money against them if I put solar panels on my house. Fraud. Deceit. Why not just be up front and say what you're doing, man? You know, don't try to... Uh, 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 we got caught up in one of these data breaches recently. And for several, for several uh, I would say a month and a half, maybe two months, I kept getting calls. It appeared to be from my bank. But they weren't from my bank. And uh, so uh, they kept calling, calling. And then one of them got on there and said, look, now, he said, uh, you, you're going to be in trouble if you don't get in here and get your password changed. Have you had that call? And so here's what they'll say. I'll help you with that. <laughs> and uh, uh, I said, uh, no, no, you won't. <laughs> Hung up on them. And, and uh, this is how the world lives. Fraud uh, and, uh, uh, and deceit uh, under their tongue is mischief and vanity. The other night, story on the news, a couple of young'uns out, uh, shouldn't have been out on their own, clearly, and uh, maybe you saw the story. They, they thought it was fun to get on TikTok and, and, and video themselves running over somebody 
uh, on a bicycle on the side of the road. And, and uh, the thing is, obviously, they don't have much sense. So you'd think, uh, hey, if I'm going to do something mischievous, I better not put it on my Facebook page. But they don't think. Guess what? Don't take long to find out where they are. And so they recovered. And look, and the whole time uh, in the video, laughing, cutting, they killed somebody. That's our world. That's the way God said it is. Under their tongue is mischief and vanity. Vanity. Verse 8 says, he sitteth in the lurking places of the villages. They're just looking for a chance to pounce. In the secret places doth he murder the innocent. His eyes are privately set against the poor. He lieth in wait secretly as a lion in his den. Lieth in wait to catch the poor. And he catches them withdraws, and draws them into his net. He croucheth and humbleth himself that the poor may fall by his strong ones. And here's why, verse 11, he hath said in his heart, God hath forgotten. He hideth his face. God's not even looking. He will never see it. The fact of the matter is, he's already seen it. But just as our world has forgotten the judgment of God, so you, so you and I do as well. Now, not to the same extent, I trust. But from time to time, we forget back uh, in our text here uh, in, uh, in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter number 5 that we shall all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. He's already seen it. Whether it is some action, whether it is some attitude of the heart, or thought of the mind, God has already seen it. Now, you and I can't take it back. The only thing we can do is beg God's mercy and forgiveness for it. And that we might have his wisdom to, as I said, walk in the spirit instead of walking in the flesh. Because we're going to have quite an accounting heaping up on us. If we're not careful. And again, the Bible tells us that this accounting could happen at any moment. So if that were the case, and it, and it took place tonight, how would we do? How would we fare? What may still even be lingering in our mind tonight that we've not thoroughly laid out before God and confessed to Him? Now, I've told you before, uh, the Bible's clear that every one of us is going to go. Nobody's going to miss it. And furthermore, no excuses will be able to be made none it's not going to be as if God's going to say look okay I understand why you did that so we'll just let that one go mm -mm. no it's all gonna, and, and um, our sins are paid for on, on Calvary course so I want to make notice something of you here for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ 2 Corinthians 5 and 10 that every one of us here it is may receive 
Now, you're either going to have a full reward or loss thereof, according to the Bible. And the Bible is clear that there are some people's works that are going to be burned up. They built with hay and straw instead of precious stones. They'll be saved, yet so as by fire. Now, I know that at times you probably, like me, have felt like, is this life ever going to come to an end and we ever going to get to be with Jesus? Because, I mean, sometimes it's just no fun. <laughs> and it's full of burdens and, uh, and uh, troubles uh, and problems and difficulties. <laughs> now, think about this. What a shame it would be to have endured life, endured, and then to go into heaven and stand in ashes. That's like... Double jeopardy. And uh, the thought of that, the thought laid out even here, is that because of that, we should seek a better uh, result there. And you and I have the ability to live life because of the presence of the Spirit and because of the instruction of the Word in a victorious manner. And so when we fall prey to, the, to, the, to our own way instead of God's word and to the flesh instead of the spirit, we're only going to come up uh, in, in loss. That's why John said we need to make sure we seek a full reward. It's difficult enough to come up short in the end. And so we need to be reminded here, uh, as was Paul that we're going to stand before the Lord. And we alluded to it very quickly here. If you go to 1 Corinthians chapter number 4. Paul said, let him, uh, verse 1, Let a man so account of us as of the ministers of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it's required in stewards that a man be found faithful. But with me, it's a very small thing that I should be judged of you. I think I referred to this verse on Sunday. Paul was not dismissing a negative impact on the life of somebody else. We've already said that he said, if it makes my brother to offend, I'll eat no meat while the world standeth. Paul was certainly concerned about the impact of his life on other people. He wasn't dismissing that. But what he was saying here is that the least of his concerns as far as future judgment is concerned uh, is the judgment of other folk. It's a very small thing that I should be judged of you or of man's judgment. Uh, yea, by the way, if you, take, um, if you take those two separately, that idea there of being judged of you would be, would be him referring to the judgment of who? Of the Corinthians. He had led them to the Lord. He had instructed them in the word. He had discipled them. Of course, they were carnal, he said in 1 Corinthians chapter number 3. And so you get the idea here, or of man's judgment, that my final judge, look, is not going to be Christians, and it's certainly not going to be unbelievers. I judge not mine own self. <laughs> now, that's where we've got to get beyond most of the time. We justify ourselves way too much. 
And here's how we do it. Oh, I know, but. That's how we do it. My circumstances to why are different from everybody else's that ever lived. So that I have reason to allow myself this liberty of disobedience or slackered spiritual behavior, not being a faithful, a minister. We just allow ourselves way too much slack. So Paul said, look, I'm, I'm not even going to judge myself. I can't rightly judge myself. Um, so he says, verse 4, I know nothing by myself. Now, again, I don't want to preach it. Pre preach this. I think I mentioned uh, Sunday or last Sunday anyway. You and I don't even know what's right without God. Well, we can't judge anything <laughs> rightly. We can sure, uh, uh, we cannot judge anything rightly without God's word, without God's mind. See? Who, who are we then to, to, uh, to do that on our own? Uh, there, so he says, uh, for I know nothing by myself, yet am I not hereby justified. Now look, that's a blessing. If my justification before the Lord was based on my own ability to judge, I'd be in a mess. And so uh, he, it's almost, this reads almost as if it's a relief. Thank God it's not up to me. Uh, thank God it's not up to anybody else. Or thank God it's not up to myself with regard to my judgment. Yet am I not hereby justified. Last part of verse 4. But he that judgeth me is the Lord. That's it. You know, I'm thinking right now before we close that verse that talks about the Lord when he said, uh, when he said blessed are those that uh, have, uh, have seen and believed and blessed are those who have not seen and yet That's us. Did you, have you ever thought that the first time we sing the song, my faith has made sight? It's going to be before a judge. The first time we see him, it's going to be reckoning first and rejoicing after. <laughs> Amen. Amen. And the books are opened. We're going to be judged out of what's written on these pages. God judges according to his word. And he's given us his spirit to help us rightly divide his word. We don't have to... <laughs> We don't have to fear judgment, but we do need to be prepared for it. And so that's why Paul in 1 Thessalonians chapter number 4 said, You better get rapture ready. And so much more as you see the day approaching. Let's stand together and bow our heads for prayer, please.